time for the show. Hello, welcome to Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. Oh, my name is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. It, it is time for the show. Sure is, but uh, Justin didn't get the memo, actually. Justin lost his watch fishing. He's, he, was trying, he ran out of lures. The watch is shiny. He got lucky. It could have been the whole hand. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, that happens sometimes. No, listen, shout out to Justin. He had a little, he's, he's out of town. He's on a little bit of an excursion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to mess with him this week. Uh, but we, we love him. We miss him. We pray for him. Always. Um, yeah. Uh, but what, what what's going on with you? Speaking of the weekend, I know you were praying in church early Sunday morning. I was. Right? Uh, yeah. I was praying in the church of traffic. Uh, all Sunday, pretty mm. much. Mm. We've been there. But, yeah, I had a great weekend away. Pennsylvania. Serene. Lack of wax. Oh. Yeah. Fresh air, you know? Yeah. Fresh air. You look at deers. You can throw carrots at them. They're like your friends. They, the deer haven't caught on in this particular area of lack of waxing, so you can you befriend them almost. La- lack of wax? Are these are the particularly hairy deer? They're not waxing? What's going on? This is my thought, exactly. Okay. No, the town is called the Lack of Waxing, and it's oh. mostly Russian people, but that's well, nice. I'm not, see, I, that's too easy. <laughs> I'm not going there. I I have too much body hair myself. It's, it's fine. I, I don't discriminate, especially yeah. at the man-made beach at the lake. Whoa. Where, <laughs> where you see them laying out and having uh, a great time. That, uh, I was one of them. That, it sounds, <laughs> sounds like you went to Obscene Extreme without the gore grind this week. Yeah, silent. Buster Keaton presents Extreme. Oh. Stream. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, no, it was good. You know, I went, went out with the boys, a couple gals, had a great time oh. drinking, enjoying life. Uh, Will, how was your weekend? All American pastime. Um, I uh, I hung out with a couple of guys. Um, the only gals were uh, like Tom, my bass player's wife, and the dog, um, and his daughter were, were in the house. I wish uh, them well. Yeah, but yeah. We, we yeah we rehearsed. We rehearsed. Ah, Reeking aura rehearsed, yes. Doing work. Shout out to the boys, man. Yeah, uh, working hard, man, as I always say, man. Um, you know, planted some shrubbery for my parents. You know what I mean? Always, you know, thank, I, I, th- I thank. Always planting. Thank God those people had sex 38 years ago. Thank well, God. Uh... Thank God. They, <laughs> they, they, they contributed a whole lot to the death metal community with that one. <clears throat> so I just kind of try to take care of. <laughs> Take care of family matters and be a good good man for my parents there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but that's yeah. That was my weekend in a, in a nutshell. No pun intended. Come on, getting a little gross. I'm sorry. Yeah, Listen, I, I wish I didn't understand any of this. this is- <laughs> I don't know. I'm on a roll. I just no. I like look. I just uh, my my father's got a disgusting sense of humor. He's a dirty old man. Um, but I, yeah, I've been hanging out with my pops. Made some time for my dad the other day. Um, my uh, my mother. She she uh, she was over having dinner with some friends of hers. Uh, and I asked my dad, I said, Dad, you want barbecue? You want to go out? You want to order in? What do you want? Anything you want. I kind of just said to my, you know, whatever you want to do for, for dinner, Dad, let, let's let's hook it up. Me and you, father-son dinner. Mm, and nice. I knew, I already knew where it was going with him. He always likes to go to our favorite little in the neighborhood Irish restaurant. Um, uh, you know, we just pick up the food and go go home nowadays. And we, we get our, our, have you been to, uh, in Huntington Station there, McDonald's? On, on Jericho Turnpike. They're going to talk about the shamrock or oh, Come something. on. Yeah, man. Oh, my old Mickey D. My, my dad is old school, but listen, uh, no. That's just how it is, man. My dad is from the old school. That's kind of like just shout to Justin. He told me once that story about it. You could cook whatever hamburger for his dad, but the McDonald's hamburger is like the perfect. His dad's extremely yeah. picky. Yeah, um, yeah. Strange. Um, my, see, my dad's not. My dad's the, the opposite. 
That's why he goes to the McDonald's. He's just nothing fancy for me. You know? I think that's why McDonald's took over a lot of the culinary world, is that it's for the picky and the non-picky, all in one convenient restaurant. Hmm. I don't know. If you want to slather it with some kind of Rick and Morty-themed sauce, you could do that. Or if you just want it as plain as you can get, it's right there. They kind of hit a convenient uh, niche that, 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 that combines both the ignorant and the... Um, uh, uh, the subtle nuance. Changing the world one fry at a time. Yeah, um, a band hitting uh, a subtle niche that combines ignorance and melodic depth. Uh, Vomit Forth. Northeastern death metal, apparently a, a genre. This I, I, I don't know. I can't figure it out with the kids. I got a little bit of a clue, though, because it's based on classic bands. Uh, that I like, and uh, Vomit Forth is one of one of these bands that's kind of newer, and they're they're waving the flag, innovating some sounds, uh, and taking them forward for the future. Stomping forward. Yeah, stomp. Would. Yeah, listen. T- tell Nick the drummer to stop stomping on the kick drum for five minutes and give me a call. Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, uh, joined by Tom, my co-host. My other co-host, Justin, couldn't be here tonight. Shout out to him. But our special guest going forward is none other than Nick from Vomit Forth. How you doing, Nick? What's going on, man? F- uh, feeling good over here, man. How are you? Can't complain, man. Maintaining, keeping shit moving, staying healthy. <laughs> I got to, man. And Nick, that's Nick Herman, if I got it right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and... um. You know, Nick, uh, there's been a couple of announcements with Vomit Forth uh, lately and some other stuff that people have been anticipating for a while now. But before we get into what's going on now, you know with the show where I'm going, um, we always want to talk a little bit about your background uh, and the beginnings of the band. So you yourself, um, I'm going to hit you with the uh, the typical heavy hole question. Are you from a musical family? And was there anyone in your background that steered you towards uh, harder music? Uh, not really a musical family. I mean, like my... My quote-unquote uncle, my dad's best friend, he played in a band like when they were younger. But other than that, uh, no, not really. My dad, uh, my, like my parents both listen to a lot of music. My dad listens to way more than, you know, your standard citizen would, I guess. <laughs> um, so as far as like a lot of the shit that I was listening to when I was younger, uh, I pretty much just got it all from him. Anything from Faith No More to... The temptations, like, and everything in between, like, it was kind of all over the place. Okay, and what about um, the, was drums your first instrument? I tried guitar, but uh, I just, I, I just wanted it, it, it. Just wasn't clicking with me, and uh, I just kind of ended up playing drums. It, it, it was just, it was. I used to get in trouble for just hitting shit. <laughs> around the classroom and the house and it's, lo and behold this is where I ended up <laughs> what age did you uh, drop guitar and uh, pick up drums shit uh, stop guitar probably 
I stopped guitar around the same time I started it. All right. So. <laughs> Labor Day weekend, some year. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so I got like I got like a guitar from uh, someone that my dad knew had like a garage sale, and they had a guitar, and that's kind of what I started trying to learn on. But it was like a full size guitar, and I'm like six years old, so wow. my hands are just way too small for the frets, and I just I just couldn't comprehend anything other than that. But um, yeah. So probably. I'll, I'll say like 10. I'll say like 10. I started like getting drumsticks and actually starting to kind of figure it out from there. Take lessons? Yeah, at one point I did. Um, but, you know, that's just that's just, the, you know, the, the, the foundation. It's it's the technique. It's all that. But from everything else was just me trying to figure out, you know, how how, how to play whatever I'm hearing on TV or, you know, the radio. Okay, and when does um, uh, heavier music or maybe uh, more extreme music of some sort come in? And, and what what is it at first? Um, it, it, it was probably around fifth grade I started discovering. I, I was on the computer early. We had a computer in the house, and I kind of started realizing that, like, oh, there's there's more out there than what's on the radio or, you know. And uh, even before that, though, it was it was mostly uh, I realized that like if, if you stay up late enough on those music channels, that they start playing um, sonically crazier shit. <laughs> so that was all those late night video blocks were definitely like a big introduction into you know more extreme music for me. And it was like it was, like. MTV and Fuse. I, for, I forgot what I forgot what the Fuse late night block was, but uh, with Julia, like they, they just well, no, Julia, um, the goth chick, yeah, yeah. metal mistress. <laughs> oh wait, no, yeah, uh, fucking uranium. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. That was that was like that was like kind of the start of it, but it was more so like I, I think it was more so on the MTV side. I think with the Headbangers Ball and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But at the time, like I was. I'm only 27, so at the time that they were even still doing that, it was mostly shit like Meshuggah and like Shadows Fall. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, it, it was like that type of shit. But um. But in the days before YouTube, that was that was strong, you know, just to be able yeah, to see that yeah. on TV. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. I, I think like the biggest thing that I remember, the, the the biggest song I remember hearing that kind of just pushed me into that shit was like Slayer Bloodline. Hmm. I think I think seeing that video on like MTV kind of just like flipped a switch in my head and i was just kind of like oh so that's that's what that is and if that's there then there's got to be more somewhere else and i just kind of started looking like everywhere i possibly could for that okay so uh you know pe- people um in our local death metal community like you know me i we know you from vomit forth obviously a lot of people from the show know vomit forth what what are some of your early band experiences then um because i imagine vomit forth isn't your first band experience right no definitely not um so i kind of just played in whoever like, like whatever bands needed like a drummer at a young age like if, if i heard from someone else that someone needed a drummer i kind of would just you know Oh, like like the first band I ever played in was this like punk band, so I kind of started off in this, in this weird like punk circle, and that that was like my first exposure to shows that had no barriers, no you know, 
stage, none of that. And that was, yeah, that 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 like Long Island punk scene was definitely a big uh, catalyst in me kind of seeing, kind of just checking other way, other places for music rather than just you know the obvious areas. But uh, that was also my first like experience, like actually playing like a real show. Um, and then from there, it was just me trying to. It was it was literally just me just playing in whoever needed the drummer, straight up. And uh, it wasn't until probably like the end of high school when I started like playing in hardcore bands, and that's kind of when I started getting involved with all that. And through all that is how I met Ricky and Tyler and Kane, just from playing up and down throughout the Northeast. And uh, that kind of just brought us to Vomit Forth. Like, those were all, like, all of our old bands used to play with each other, too. So we all already knew each other from that. Okay, and you're you're originally from Long Island? Yes, sir. Okay, and, um, I mean, we obviously we don't want you, you, you we don't want to dox you, but, like, where, where from Long Island are you from? <laughs> Corum. Okay, so... And then the other guys uh, from Vomit Forth are all in Connecticut. They're all from Connecticut. Kane is originally from, uh, I think, Western Massachusetts, and he moved to Connecticut. Kane's been back and forth, but yeah. Okay. Uh, Ricky and Tyler are both always been from Connecticut. All right, and you're in Coram, which is pretty far east Long Island to me, anyway. I'm in Huntington. I, I'm, I'm yeah, there go, is. <laughs> I, I'm going to go out on a limb with a guest. Do you take the ferry maybe up there sometimes? For a while, I was, but they jacked up the price so much that it's just not even worth it. Wow. Huh. So yeah, they they, they really shafted me on that one. Mm. <laughs> well, so before we get too far into vomit forth, I want to talk about uh, you. You said that magic word, northeastern, uh, northeast, and you've kind of branded northeast death metal, northeastern death metal. Um, am I fair to say that that you that you've kind of uh, associated that with with the band from the start? Uh yeah, definitely. It, it was more so just being being proud of kind of the scene that we came out of. You know, there's so many bands always you know talk about you know so, so many bands always push where they're from, and I felt like the Northeast is the only spot where like I, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we definitely push that. <laughs> well, because as me as like a death metal fan from a little bit older generation, you really hit on something with me. And I've spoken about this in the past, which is why I'm glad we finally got you uh, on to represent Vomit Forth. Like um, the listeners uh, might realize I did, we did a long uh, triple feature Scattered Remnants interview with three of the OG Scattered Remnants uh, members. And I talked about it with them, too, how... Uh, there's a certain brand of death metal that is not necessarily like Long Island, like suffocation, pyrexia, internal bleeding. It has, to me personally, it has a little bit more atmosphere, uh, a yes. little bit more of a darker melodic component, but still that brutal slam. And scattered remnants seems to really embody it, but it's also like, in me personally, I would say like uh, Blood of Christ, Desolate, maybe even Morpheus Descends. So you kind of see Definitely where Morpheus Descends. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, I, like I want you to talk about it a little bit because you're from a different generation than me. Take take me through you getting into underground death metal and then specifically honing in on that sound and wanting to share that with your bandmates. It um, 
it really it really starts off the same way as most people with this shit. It was just the standard bands, you know, obituary, dying fetus, entombed. Um, but th- this kind of stems from you know when I was just first getting into just alternative music in general. Like I just kind of had this, you know, if there's one, there's more. I've always had that mentality, and it's always been for me just finding the most extreme version of whatever i'm listening to i didn't care if it was the fastest the slowest the heaviest the you know whatever i just wanted the furthest end of it and you know for me personally the northeast shit always had just that much more over the other bands like i always loved obituary but bands like morpheus descends kind of took that slow like groove style and just added this level of like evilness over it that just felt so I, I don't know like like just something about those bands just appealed to me the same the same way that like i don't know like the first like i remember the first time i heard voracious contempt like it was just a shitty grainy like youtube video with that red and white logo and something about that album cover and that drum sound and that mix just latched onto me and that's like what I just was obsessed with, like trying to find more of. Like I was, you know, going further and further into extreme music. You know, I was getting into, you know, the unique leader back catalog and all that shit. But like something about that small pocket of the Northeast bands, dehumanized, internal bleeding, repudulation, it just felt so grimy and just. I don't know. I really, I really can't describe it. It, it just feels different to me yeah. than listening to like a Deicide record. Exactly, and you know, you hit on something because I said in the beginning how it's different from Long Island, but especially older internal bleeding, I think yeah. also is symbolic of that. Whereas their newer stuff is maybe leaning a little bit more into the hardcore and deathcore direction. Um, the, more than that, that like what we're talking about with that more atmospheric, brutal death metal. Uh, thing and dehumanize too, man. Now that you mention it too, because they always had a darker component. Whereas you know, not to take away from Suffo or Pyrexia, but there's a little bit more of a technical uh, death metal, you know, signature sound there that I think takes more from 100%. Like, thrash and Dehuma- Florida. You know, De- dehumanized took all the evil parts I loved from Cryptopsy. I mean, granted, this wasn't you know they weren't that far apart in terms of time, but for me, as you know, someone who wasn't around for when those bands were out, like hearing cryptopsy and then hearing dehumanized they just took all my favorite cryptopsy parts and just mm. laid this layer of groove and atmosphere over it that just you, you know what i mean like after a while like i, I don't want to hear just blast for six minutes straight i don't want to hear huh. the same you know like i, I I'm, I'm someone who likes rhythm I, rhythm changes and grooves and all that shit as well and dehumanized just found this like like prophecies foretold is just this perfect give and take between the crazy melodic evil shit and you know that bottom heavy groove you know i gotta say just quick for the listeners man anyone else interested severed records from upstate actually still has the original pathos productions prophecies foretold by uh dehumanized cds in the shrink wrap for like 10 bucks i got one of them yeah (laughs) I, i i had to get one just because my original copy was a little funky man from being a sloppy kid back in the day but yeah that that's a little uh tip for the day since i already got my man um uh shout out to barrett up there at severed records uh so 
All right, so you hone in on this stuff, and the, the other guy now, the other guys in Vomit Fourth. There's um, uh, there's Kane on vocals, and uh, you, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. You refreshed my memory before we started. You got Rick on guitar and Tyler on bass, right? Yep. And uh, Rick, if I'm not mistaken, is it Rick whose father actually has a connection to that local Connecticut underground metal community? Oh, most definitely. Um, so Ricky's dad. Uh, played in this band called Tyrant Trooper mm-hmm. way back in the day. And they kind of, again, it, it, it's, it's just a very primitive form of that Northeastern style we're talking about. Huh. Just super bottom heavy, a lot of hardcore influence parts. Um, yeah, it, it, it's literally just a blueprint for all that shit in my eyes. Ricky actually put me onto that when we met. Wow. And uh, yeah, like like that's, that's another huge influence for this band as well okay so your guitar he also played in uh i don't know how, how familiar you are with, with with hardcore past that period but he also played in uh 100 demons yeah i saw that in the research that's a band i'm not as familiar with um but Ty, you know tyrant troopers kind of like hitting all all the uh the right marks for me man i, I gotta i didn't uh, happen to look but i gotta look up uh ken's death metal crypt specifically to see if he's got that i would imagine he would uh, you'd be surprised how many people like actually don't know about it yeah it, it's cra- but it but if there's anybody who would i'm sure it's him yeah i gotta I, we'll, we'll check that out later but yeah we gotta look up tyrant trooper uh maybe even reach out to uh to him one day man um to, to get his story man but uh, but that's interesting to me too because uh for a while with vomit forth ju- just also because i only happened to really know you you were like my contact uh through the yeah. band <laughs> and and i you know like i know how like like you're very nuanced with the whole thing like you even uh, with with the, with the with the graphic design of everything and and the the, the way you like kind of style your song title like everything is very subtle influence from like we were talking about all these bands Morpheus to Send Scattered Remnants in particular um, like even down to the artwork like I just yes. found it like the the IB demos like that shit just appealed to me more at one point in my life than like Dan Seagrave or Wes Ben Scott or like I got to a point where I didn't really care about the oil paintings anymore. And I would just see this, like, you know, the IB demo or whatever. And I would, it just looked so just primitive looking. Like, the, that that just started to, the Russ Evans paintings. Like, all of that shit just yeah. appealed to me just so much more than, like, what, you know what I mean? Like, like, like again, it just, it just coincides with that sound sonically so well. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, you were so into it, you get it, and then... You hook up with um, uh, Rick, whose father is, like you said, kind of like, uh, like you know, he, he inherits almost some of that Northeastern death metal lineage. Um, oh, definitely. Uh, uh, now, I want to talk about this, too. You actually uh, looked up Fred, Fig- is it Figura? Figueroa? I might be mispronouncing his own name wrong, so okay. if he's listening, I apologize if well, that's wrong. Shout to Fred from Dethroned. Um, yes, and I, yeah, I got like, I, there's some old zines that I had from back in the day that he did artwork for. He did artwork for Insatanity. Tell me, like, how did you pick up on that and get in touch with him? Tell me about getting in touch with him and kind of um, getting him back in the game. It just um, it goes back to me wanting not not wanting it to, this sound to be like like I didn't want this band to be a parody, and I didn't want it to be like cheesy in any way like i wanted to do it the right way mm-hmm. and i wanted everything along with the music to just fall into place 
And I knew from the jump that the artwork was going to be the most challenging part outside of the music because the music came so ne- like that's just what me and Ricky, me and Ricky started writing everything for this band at first. Huh. But the, the, the style of death metal that that's just what we like. That's so that that was never the issue. Um, I had just a list of artists that I always loved when I was you know younger. You know Mike Majewski uh, being one of them, another one that I got in contact with, but. Uh, like the Repudulation Purge and Purity cover like that that was one that I always that that I loved too it was just it was comical but it was like raw if that makes any sense and uh, dude like I I can't even front I just punished people on Facebook for like (laughs) a year I just anybody who had any kind of weird connection to any band that I liked I just punished the shit out of them trying to get them to do artwork and like explaining to them like how important, you know, whatever. Um, Fred was the only one who was like mad cool about it. I, I found out about Fred through, I think, uh, I think, I think I found Brian from Repudulation on Facebook somehow. Huh. Somebody posted that they were reprinting Repudulation shit and they tagged him in it. And I messaged him like, yo, you know, like, like I, I was just chopping it up with him. I was just keeping it real quick. I, you know who did the artwork for this? Because I didn't ha- I didn't own a copy of Persian Impurity, so I couldn't look at the liner notes. That's how I got everything else. This was one I couldn't do. So uh, he, you know, he just told me this dude Fred Figueroa from Yonkers, and I found him on Facebook, messaged him, you know, and he was just hyped to do it. He just right like from the jump that northeastern deprivation cover he just did like like he just started working on it immediately and we just to this day like i still like text him every now and then too like we we, we still keep in touch he still does shit for us but he just had this this you know barbaric style that yeah. i just associated with that sound and i wanted it and finally i found you know the dude to do it well it, yeah it's it's that's that's what strikes me is it's all so carefully curated and I'm getting a little bit more of an understanding now, knowing, because it's like I said, I was kind of picturing you knowing all this, and you're trying to school the other guys in the band, maybe on this very niche uh, subgenre of death metal, almost. But it's like you got Ricky on board, that you know, and so it's, it kind of comes together, then, you know. Yeah, Ricky was actually the one who put me on the Scattered Remnants. Scattered okay. Remnants was like a band that I got always, I would always see pop up, you know, in in relevance to what I was listening to, but for whatever reason, I just I, I didn't go through with it the way he you know so when we we started hanging out and, and bullshitting or whatever like he would send me a record and i would send him a record so he sent me you know like scattered remnants and then i sent him like eternal suffering like we just kept going back and forth two bands from massachusetts but from from the jump like me and him just you know this was that style of death metal that we talked about from the beginning like you know and yeah. then uh kane's introduction kane Kane's introduction was like 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 he he's he's way older than all of us, so he got it he he got his awareness might have come a little bit sooner than us. Actually, Ricky was probably realistically with his dad. He probably knew about any of this shit before any of us. But like Kane would always tell me, his like introduction to this shit was someone giving him like internal bleeding all over the Becca. Huh? Like that was his that was his introduction to this shit. And then you know, Hold Tyler's on to that. into this shit too. Tyler and Ricky are actually cousins, so like. Even just relation by blood, like they they just they hang out together all the time. They always have, so they just listen to the same shit as well. 
Okay. All right. Wow. So now I'm getting a little bit more of an understanding now. How, you know how close knit and the connections. That's cool, man. Um, we now, didn't want to do another. You know, when, when me and Ricky were talking, like we didn't want to do another. You know, band that sounds like we're influenced by Scandinavian metal. Like we could have easily just sat down and did you know an Edge of Sanity band. But like you know, as much as we love shit like Edge of Sanity, like that's not like our go-to. Yeah. You know, we don't. We don't just sitting in the car and throw like entombed on like that's that's not like what what we go to listen to first like this style of shit is just what appeals to us the most we don't just listen to death metal you know we listen to everything and i think that style of death metal kind of em- embodies that like i mean even like i said in turn bleeding onward in mecca you can tell like they were you know tar- starting to introduce a little bit more of a hardcore influence into their shit just you know we listen to everything and i think that's you know, something that we try to keep intact when writing music is that like we're not trying to sit there and be like, oh, this you know we got to write a straight death metal song. Like if 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 there's a hardcore riff that fits in the song, we'll keep it. If there's you know, whatever. Like we just we we don't we like what we like. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So now, <clears throat> you you guys know each other from playing shows. Uh, around like I will just say the tri-state area, the Northeast, uh, New England, the general area. Um, tell me about the logistics of getting started. You being the drummer, joining a band in Connecticut because it's because it's also like a guitarist can strap a guitar on his back. Being the drummer and being the one who travels to other that's that's like also kind of a thing, right? Yeah. So. It- I just kept trying to put something together like this forever. I, I, I had like a stab at a death metal band when I was in high school and it, it fell apart before it even got started. And even at that point, it was just like, like we didn't know what we want. Like I knew what I wanted to do, but you can't introduce someone who's only listening to Metallica to <laughs> like ripping corpse, like right off the jump. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. It, you, you, you can't just force that upon like the entire room and be like, this is what we should play or whatever. I'd be really surprised so, yeah. to get that to work. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, I met Ricky. I, I met Ricky at like an all-out war show up in Connecticut, and I think I had a the band I was playing in at the time. He was he was he was backlining his drums or whatever, and someone told me like, "Yeah, that's the kid whose drums you're using." So I introduced myself to him, and uh, we just started like talking about like shit we like listening to and we just hit it off from there i think the first band we were talking about was like gore guts or some shit and um we just kept in touch online and for years we just kept like you know we running into each other and we kept talking about like yo we should do this internet band or whatever because like i said our bands used to play together all the time so we'd constantly be running into each other and um you know online we we talk or whatever and he just started sending me riffs one day and I, I didn't realize how good he was at guitar at the time, too. Like, I always knew Ricky as a drummer because he plays drums as well. So he starts sending me these riffs, and they were, like, the, just the craziest shit I ever heard someone play that, you know, that I know. And um, I, at one point, I was just like, yo, like, this can't be a fucking internet band. Like, we, you just, we just got a jam. And I, I swear to God, like, the next week, he just drove down here. And we just practiced in my garage for like four hours and had like half that first demo written by the time he left. So it just it just it just started clicking. Like like we kinda just 
we kind of spoke the same language in terms of like yeah, in terms of music so we just knew like I, I don't know should just click I, I, I again it's it's not really something I can explain mm-hmm. it's just something that happened and it's still happening now and then uh he was like you know we we wanted Kane in the band immediately just because we knew Kane was just this crazy vocalist who is crazy diverse too and he, he was down immediately and then like I said, like Tyler's Ricky's cousin, and I, I I forgot about that. He suggested that Tyler would should play in the band, and I was down because again, I knew Tyler just from running into him all over the place. So it wasn't even like we were bringing people into the room that didn't know each other. Like we all knew each other pretty well up until that point, and when we finally kind of got into a room and started playing shit, it just it just went off from there. Okay, and then, and then what I'm getting at too is, did you you, you said about the ferry, like just take the listeners because there's people that that listen to the show that don't realize they're not from New York, they're not from Long Island or Connecticut. I mean, I'm picturing myself. I know that ferry to Connecticut. It's 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 a long ride, and it's not always conveniently like timed and stuff like that. Like how how big a part of that was rehearsing for you guys in the start? Um. It, it it was it was it was at the, at the time like the price was still low enough to where it was it was it was feasible to, so it goes from Port Jeff to uh, Bridgeport Connecticut yeah and that's about an hour and a half ride and once you land in you know land in Bridgeport where they're at they're still up north more it's still another like 30 40 minutes from that spot <laughs> so you're not really saving any time as compared from driving from Corum to out there. Yeah. But you just, you just save gas and, and really just mileage on your car. But that was like, like when, when it was still like reasonably priced, like it, it was like a godsend. Like, like they literally just would get off the ferry like 10 minutes from my house. So they, we would just, you know, we would just hang out, we go practice and then they get back on the ferry and leave. You know, they, they don't got to worry about falling asleep behind the wheel, whatever. But uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, it, it, it's more trouble than it's worth. Like sometimes it's just, it's just easier to just say, you know, fuck it and just take the tolls and just drive straight up there. But uh, the, the ferry in the early, uh, early time of this band starting, like it was super convenient and it was, and it made the commute easier, but it also got to a point like w- once we all realized that we're all taking this very seriously, like we didn't care whether it was the ferry or driving, like we were going to get to where we needed to practice one way or another. Yeah. Yeah, just dri- driving from Corum all the way to Long to, to all the way through Long Island to New York City and then back up to Connecticut, man. Just when you look at it on a map, it seems frustrating. It's a it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, but uh, but you do what you got to do. Um, and you guys, uh, you eventually recorded your um, like you said your four songs self titled uh, EP in 2018. Now. Uh, was that when do you hook up with Maggot Stomp for that or slightly after that because of that? After that, so we did like like, like the the demo in 2018. We put that out, and then we did another EP right after that, Inherent Laceration. That was right after that came out is when we started talking to Scott because I noticed Scott was actually like like, and I'm and I'm not trying to like be narcissistic or whatever, but like we had like a few people hitting us up to put our record out, but at the time it was just, it, it just felt like some of the people that were hitting us up were just trying to put it out just to say they put it out. And I, I've said this a million times before, but Scott was the only one who 
not only supported us before he put our shit out because I, I remember sending packages out to him but he he's the one who felt the strongest about putting it out like he wasn't putting it out just to say you know I put this upcoming band out whatever here's my name on it like he messaged me and we talked for like maybe a week and a half maybe two weeks just about like nothing actually we, we just talked about like like the shit we liked and you know he, he, he just he just felt strongly about the music and strong enough about the music to want to put his resources behind it and for that I can't thank him enough because that that really set that apart from all the other guys that were hitting us up yeah yeah and you know you said something before about you guys could sound like entombed or whatever like a lot of bands and uh, you know even like Megan Stomp isn't one of those type of labels um but you, you guys definitely, it's like I said, you, you hit a very specific niche in death metal. So even in this time where people are celebrating the old school and celebrating all this nostalgic stuff, you guys are still yeah. kind of hitting in a different way, man. So it's it's cool, man. You know, I can see the um, uh, uh, the reason why labels would want to pick up on that if people are in the know. You know what I mean? No, definitely. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of it's it's kind of like my my bone with a lot of bands coming out right now is like and not to be like on some high horse but like i just feel like a lot of shit that comes out right now is is because whoever's playing in a band knows that it like everybody else listening to it's gonna love it like i feel like people are playing for the crowd rather than playing for themselves and that that was like a big thing with this band is that like we're not trying to like impress anyone we're not trying like we're just trying to outdo ourselves and play shit that we know we would want to listen to yeah, well, we're definitely at a... It's fair to say that we're at a saturation point uh, with this resurgence of death metal um, that's been going on the last several years, man. You know, that, that that's always part of it with any music genre, the, the waves that come and go, man. Um, well, so, you know, you, we talked a little bit, and, and uh, I mentioned that Northeastern Deprivation uh, two-song EP, but the Northeastern Deprivation is also the title of the compilation uh, yep. of demos uh, I guess you could say right that that was released by Maggot Stomp yep that that was the first like actual release that he put out for us yeah and, and that uh, and I I mean like that's pretty much sold out I think the only thing that's really available probably still is your 2021 promo and I saw there's still some copies of the second pressing of your original four, four song demo up right yep I got, I got a few of those left those aren't through Scott those we actually just did ourselves just because we were like you know, the de- we, we did the demo ourselves. Might as well just do the next. People were still asking us about the demo, and I only did like 25 tapes of it because I didn't think anybody would buy it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. Discogs is going to have a field day with that one. <laughs> Hold on to your credit like, card. Like, people, like, like I, I don't like when bands like do like the, you know, buy this now, limited amount press. Like, like people kept asking us about that shit, and I was like, no. Like, I, I, I just genuinely didn't think anybody would fucking buy this. Like, I wasn't trying to do 25 tapes is a sale tactic like i i didn't think anybody wanted this well you you gotta respect the question though in the <laughs> yeah. climate you know everyone's trying of course. to you know uh, <laughs> appreciate you clearing that up though well uh <laughs> now i noticed that people who want shirts because your shirts also have sold out very quickly you've had you've had some limited runs of specific designs uh but if people want to check out also what we're talking about with that attention to detail, going back to how bands like Scattered Remnants styled themselves, uh, people can go to BrassCityMerch.com now and check out your new merchandise with them, right? Absolutely. 
Yeah, so um, you got you got that going for you, man, because I know all your stuff sells out pretty quickly. Uh, and uh, update us a little bit, because that, that three-song 2021 promo tape came out earlier this year, and it advertised that you guys are working on a full-length album for Maggot Stop, right? Yes, sir. So, so update us a little bit on that album. Uh, we actually just finished tracking drums. Uh, it was it Saturday? So it, it, it's going to be nine songs. Um, we all said it was going to come out 2021, but uh, you know, shit, shit happens. <laughs> you know, life happens. A lot happens. I'm I'm still I'm still a lot happened in the world since we started writing it. We've been trying to write it and stay cohesive throughout the process through a global pandemic. So you know. Um, I'm I'm still hoping it'll come out by 2021, but the record's called Seething Malevolence, and uh, it, it's just uh, taking what we've done up until this point and just kind of pushing it even further out. Just again, just seeing how far we can push ourselves physically, creatively, whatever. Like we just we're just going with it. Can you tell us anything about uh, the studio, the the, the pr- production, or the uh, who, who's uh, responsible for that? Or are you keeping that secret? No. Uh, so. My man Evan Perino from Shell Shock Audio, he's doing he's doing the recording, he's doing all that. Uh, he did our first two releases, the the, the 2018 demo and the uh, Inherent Laceration EP. Um, he's the best. Hit him up. Shameless plug. And, and uh, he's based out of Connecticut, right? No, he's actually on the island. Oh, okay. So I make them come to me to record. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that was one of the things I was getting at is that dynamic because if people don't realize, um, it, it is a it, it's 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 not uh, convenient. Um, no, not at all. To have your members spread out where they are. Yeah, but also you know if you've never seen anything before, um, drums are bigger than guitars. <laughs> uh, you know, it's easier to yeah. pick up a cheap cab and uh, a head and leave it at a practice studio. It's the worst. Yeah. Dude, I feel for you. I, lo- like, I love playing drums, but I hate it so much. Oh, dude, yeah. I've I've met a few drummers who, like, just hate that enough to, like, they're on the edge all the time. I've been <laughs> like, I don't know, man. That MPD is looking good right now. <laughs> no, it's sick because, like, everybody gets to pack their shit up, and they're off the stage in under five minutes, and I'm still up there, like, 30 minutes later. Dude, uh, yeah. Trying to find, like, one lug. <laughs> Hey, let me ask. I've seen you guys uh, seeing a Vitus. One thing I realized is uh, how hard you hit your drums, like physically <laughs> um, noteworthy compared to the other bands on the show. Um, is that like a thing you purposely do? Like, are you trying to hit them really hard, or is it like uh, I don't know, just what natural? Um, I, I kind of no. Nah, I, I, I have no awareness of it until someone tells me I do, or until like. One of my symbols break prematurely. That's really it. Right. So the people have said this to you before. I'm not crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. I, right. I've definitely heard it. Um, honestly, it, it kind of it's it kind of goes back to like the drummers. Like I grew up like loving. Like I loved guys that like actually hit the kit, but also you know could actually play. Right. Yeah. I think so. Guys know, like you and Dave like, like, Woody like, like were the Slayer hardest hitters. Like, like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, I was saying you and Dave Witty were the hard, hardest like hitters I've ever seen live. So that's like, in, in terms of like like this world, that's a big influence. Um, Paul Bostaff and Lombardo. Lombardo for his feel on those Slayer tracks, and Bostaff for just the aggression. Right. Uh, you know, flow from Krypton. Like like it. 
for me, like playing this style of music, it was always somewhere between like Bow Staff and like Flow from Cryptopsy. Like like the control that Flow had and how well he's in the pocket sometimes, mixed with just again the, that power that Bow Bo Staff had. Like th these were guys that I loved watching equally. I loved watching a dude that could lock in the pocket and just be the you know the the rhythm section. But then I also loved dudes that just beat the life out of the drums. And then, um, you know, guys, even guys outside of metal, like Tony Royster Jr. and, and Aaron Spears, like these were guys that, that were like R&B drummers, but just played so, so hard with so much control. Like just watching that for so long, that kind of just subconsciously embedded itself in me. And that's just how I approach the drums. Let, let me ask you this, having listened to um your your bands a lot particularly today uh preparing for the interview um and having listened to this drummer uh throughout my life as a fan where does uh maybe what what have you taken what have, what inspiration or influences have you taken from eric roy of scattered remnants because i noticed some subtleties in the way you maybe certain fills you use and you know it probably happens the way you bounce off of rick's riff sometimes but there's definitely some subtleties from eric roy's drum style is that fair to say if there if there's any influence from him it, it's it's subconscious just from listening to the records mm -hmm. like it i'm not i'm not like really consciously trying to emulate anything it's more so just you know may, maybe if i hear ricky play a riff that kind of reminds me of something from them like maybe i approach it in the same way rhythmically but yeah. if there's anyone who's shit i've definitely bit intentionally it's <laughs> definitely mike smith's from suffocation like just the way he approaches like blasting i bit the shit out of that 100 percent. okay well what, that's funny is over the weekend i was talking to a, a friend of mine um who's an aspiring death metal drummer and he he said he heard in an interview mike smith compared drums to martial arts one time and that's why he plays so aggressively and hits so hard, man. Uh, that's that, bugged out. That's sick, though. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I can't confirm that I know that interview, but this was passed on to me uh, like third hand over the weekend. But uh, you could hear it if you listen to his style. I mean, oh, a hundred percent. Like he, again, like suffocation is compared to a lot of the other like more brutal death metal bands. Like a lot of those dudes started relying so much on electronics, and you can hear you. You could just tell that it, like those dudes like just don't hit mm. but mike smith found a way to like just keep that intensity and still play some crazy technical shit and and still lock it down yeah and that's kind of when 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 i started first trying to play you know this style of music like that that was something that really like weighed heavy on me i was just like there's got to be a way to you know do both be you know in the pocket still hold it down rhythmically still do all this crazy shit and keep that intensity from start to end yeah, yeah, and and while we're on this conversation uh, of naming, uh, naming, uh, like you know, you kind of did a top three, top four, whatever that was, man. Uh, I gotta get hip hop into the conversation, Nick, uh, before we wrap it up <laughs> with you, man. Um, because you know, back be behind the scenes, you and me have been going back and forth about our kind of '90s hip hop, uh, New York hip hop uh, fixation. I know you got, um, uh, you probably got. Let, let me, let me, let's do it like this, man. Maybe like a top five dead or alive uh mcs you know let's start start top from there. five dead or alive yeah number one's always gonna be g-rap mm, okay always always wow. gonna be g-rap strong i'll put i'll put prodigy hell on earth era 
Okay. Number two. Actually, wow. no. This is no order. This is just, other than G Rap, no order. Like yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna change from time to time. It's hard to put them in order, man. Yeah, we're just looking for a casual top five. Absolutely. Um, you want to do MCs? You want to do albums? Oof. Uh, all right. That's that's even better than <laughs> yeah. Do top five hip hop albums? I guess top five albums. So. Okay. I'll go Sniffin' West and The Shining's always going to be number one. All right. I knew that would be in there for you, man. <laughs> Black Moon, End of the Stage, number two. Okay. I'll throw... Uh... Yeah, this shit's always changing, too. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, it's tough. Component Noriega War Reports up there. Yes. Yeah, classic. Tragedy Gaddafi uh, is like like behind the... Behind the scenes, oh responsible God. for for most of that, I, I think, right? Dude, he pretty much he put, from, from like the stories like I always hear about the way that record came together. He pretty much is the reason that record exists. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what he always hear. Yeah, okay, Absolutely. so that, um, that's three, right? I what think. else? I'll throw I'll throw a newer I'll throw a newer record up there too, something from the past ten years. But Benny the Butcher, Tana Talk Three. Okay, okay. Uh, admittedly, people have told me to check out Benny the Butcher, but I'm stubborn with getting into uh, uh, more modern rap, man. It's very reminiscent of of the era that we're talking about right now. It's it's very much that locks Wu Tang style, you know, real grimy, dark beats. Isn't crazy he crazy rhymes? He's from Buffalo, I think, or upstate somewhere. They're right? from Buffalo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. But Tana Talk Three to me was like, is, is yeah, that that that's like the modern like magnum magnum opus right now. Like it, it it's just it's just that good. Huh. It's up there. I'll get. I'll. I'll give it a, a listen. It seems like artists that aren't from the Metro New York City area are making like these gritty '90s New York style records, like nowadays, a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely see that happening. Um, shit, the other two. I'll go. Uh, let me throw some weird shit up there too. Yeah. Uh, Company Flow, Fun Crusher Plus. <laughs> Company Flow. It is a. Uh... Uh, who's isn't there like that's there's uh was was um what the hell is that guy's name man uh LP yeah that LP's from that right yeah 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 and who else wasn't the guy from Long Island uh I, I what's the guy's name Aesop Rock is that the guy no so that was uh I think he was signed to LP's label later okay. on like way past Company Flow. Yeah, he's. That's he, when I kind of stopped. Like, like that. Yeah. That that style of rap doesn't really appeal to me as much. Yeah. Um. It, it's but just that one record, on Crusher Plus is just so like dense and just it it it, it just sounds so invasive. Like yeah. you, you could tell that like 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 Public Enemy, like the Bomb Squad was like a huge influence while listening to it because it just sounds like just chaos all over the place like it, just the production's insane on that record hell yeah yeah man um Jizza Liquid Swords is up there too that, that's another one of yeah. my favorite records of all time good album man good album definitely and then man Mob Deep Hell on Earth <laughs> yeah yeah man wow man I um I, I yeah I respect all of that man I would have to put some Gangstar in, in my list man of course of course um uh, Hard to Earn yeah yeah Hard to Earn and uh, Moment of Truth um, uh, the owners is a good album, man. I think, oh, I think I like that the was owners. The, the owners. Owner, owners got some owners got some gems. Yeah, own, owners people sleep on. I think, man. It was, but it was a really good album, man. But yeah, wow, man. All right, cool. What? Well, 
as a drum, let me ask you this, man. Kind of come oddball question. As a drummer, does hip hop play any influence in, in, in what you're doing? Hundred percent. One hundred percent. Hip hop single handedly ch- changed the way I, I I kind of approach the instrument. Um, just discovering like what you know, sonically speaking, hip hop was built on top of. You know, the, the the music was literally built on drum breaks. You know when I finally had the ability to listen to music and play drums at the same time, I wasn't really, you know, I got started off like playing along to, you know, whatever I was listening to at the time. But like the the thing that I always went back to the most was like, I would just sit in my room for hours and play along to like tribe or or Wu-Tang or whatever. Like just the, the the drum breaks that they were sampling. Like it, it just, it kind of changed the way, you know, you don't have to be the, the crazy technical guy at all times. You don't have to be doing fifteen hundred fills, even though sometimes I I admittedly do that. Huh. You know, as long as you're just in that pocket, you know, being the rhythm section, you know, you're good. And that's kind of what hip hop taught me through through, you know, just listening to it. Like, you know, it's 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 all about the rhythm. If 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 no one's head is bobbing, you know, if no if no one's following that rhythm, there's nothing there. Huh. Yeah, it's an endless pocket, you know, like... Exactly. I've heard hip-hop songs that are made... A lot of modern stuff just has none of that draw because they're not sampling something, and it's just like, you know, it's an 808 machine or or a machine, quote-unquote, on logic or whatever with absolutely no spirit whatsoever, no swing, nothing like that. So, yeah, while it does have that, like, surface level, like... Here are the here are the times the snare should be hit. It's like this is empty. But yeah, like '90s hip hop, early 2000s hip hop. They were there was a lot of really awesome sampling, and um, yeah, it's it's beyond technicality. It's about like feeling. And, Absolutely. Yeah, I could sit here and try to explain it for hours, but it's it's never going to come out right. And I don't think I've explained a lot of things right huh. <laughs> you, know, you know previously but like it, it, it really just comes down to like you know what you feel and and, and how something feels like I, I can't explain how it changed the way i approached the instrument it just did i could tell you that what i was trying to play you know it was a lot what i was trying to play before i got into hip-hop was a lot different than what i was trying to play after you know in terms of approaching the drums yeah but yeah. just you know it makes sense in terms of laying down the backbeat, laying down the the um, the the, the kind of like the, the spine of the song, the heartbeat of the song, whatever you want to call it. And uh, with like more groove oriented death metal, like like we know from like this kind of like we say the northeastern perspective, northeastern death metal, that sort of thing. Um, talking about how hip hop has influenced that, like I don't know how about. Um, I'm not suggesting that that you guys would ever incorporate rap or something like that, but like like how about bands like Candiria, E Town Concrete? Did you ever get into these like extreme bands that incorporated hip hop directly? I literally have a Candiria surrealistic surrealistic madness poster framed in my room right okay. now. Okay. All right, so so yeah, so we're on the same page there. <laughs> well, that was a band that That's incorporated uh, hip hop in a really interesting way. They just did everything. Like I like I can't even call them a hardcore band. I can't even call them a metal band. They just did everything. They got funk parts. They got jazz parts. They got straight rap parts. They 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 literally have everything. Yeah. Like to me, that was like the most interesting band I ever found in my life. Like the, like I can't think of anything else that even comes close to like how 
intensely like I, yeah that shit's just bugged out <laughs> yeah man uh and, <laughs> and it's funny because like that first candiria demo has more in common with like dehumanized or disfigured than you know what it has in common with now you know like going you know from beyond reasonable doubt to you know 300 debt like like it, it's crazy how they go from point a to point b like that they go from you know straight death metal to you know like yeah they just they just they're just all over the place i love that band yeah man a hundred percent and and you know something this is where when i lost my train of thought i was trying to uh, um think of a way to say this with the uh, uh the old school like the old school hip-hop like tom was saying the 90s and the 2000s where they were still taking samples a lot of that st- and all, all those albums that you mentioned really and all that like the gangstar the dj premiere stuff the classic new york city stuff they were taking samples directly from records and with a lot of those beats you have this really layered thick warm sound and you hear the scratching of the like the kind of fuzzy sound from the records is all layered yep. in there there's a parallel to me as a music fan personally between that and listening to old school death metal on cassette tape and the warmth 100%, and the way they 100%. bleed together. There's some records that just I, I can't imagine hearing them any other way than a tape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and not talking about like anything, any type of metal that we're really talking about, I recently got the first two Bathory albums on cassette tape and I feel like there's no other way to listen to them except maybe vinyl but it's just so raw and everything bleeds 100%. together yeah yeah there, there's something about that that feel man so we we talked a little bit about your upcoming album Seething Malevolence um is there a date on that is there an ETA you can talk about uh no nah, not really it's okay. kind of just we're, we're just kind of taking it as it comes right now Got um it. when it's out it's out <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got you, man. With COVID, there's a lot of shit going on. I mean, even I've heard stories about the vinyl pressing plants having delays and everything. Oh, it's, crazy. it's it's insane. Like, yeah, it, it it's so crazy. Like, I think I think we have like a twelve like a twelve inch coming out for that 2021 promo, but mm. I don't think it's actually like landing here till like next year. Yeah, well, something that is coming up um, uh, that's a little bit more predictable. Uh, we're going to have this episode out in time for your Sunday, August 15th headlining show at Amityville Music Hall right here on Long Island. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, and I, I believe you got, um, who's on that? Stabbed, Bowel Erosion. Stabbed, Bowel Erosion, all due respect, was on it, but I believe they dropped. And then uh, Simulacra. Okay, yeah, I, I made you say that because I, I was worried I couldn't pronounce them. So Simulacra. <laughs> Um, no, no, awesome, man. They're sick. They're sick. They're a they're, they're a hardcore band, but they take more from that uh that vein of like hatebreed, like like early hatebreed, like satisfaction is the death of desire era hatebreed, uh, death of your perfect world, buried alive type shit. Just just real angry, short to the point, hardcore, metallic hardcore. Those are those are uh, two of the few Victory Records albums I actually own, and um uh, and love, man, a hundred percent, man. I'm also a big fan of Bloodlet, but yeah, I know what you're talking about with that, man. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Bloodlet and the Eugene. Yeah, yeah, great, uh, great, yeah. great album. But yeah, um, that that sounds cool, man. I'm I'm gonna be there at Amityville Music Hall, August fifteenth, um, Sunday. Great to have that venue back, uh, and great to have death metal on Long Island, um, again, man. That's gonna be cool. And hundred percent. Uh, but something um beyond that, you have an upcoming U.S. tour that was just recently announced. Uh, a little bit of a big deal. Sanguisugabog, uh, Frozen Soul. What? Who's the other band? I'm sorry. 
Inoculation. Inoculation, my bad. I, be- uh, I believe they're from Ohio as well. Okay, and, and you guys uh, are going to be doing a thorough tour. How many weeks is that tour? Uh, like six and a half. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Man, that's a long time to be out on the road. Have you ever been on the road that long? I've done a month. Okay, like all right. just just shy of a month. Okay, so you guys have been out there, man. What what when was that? I have the the, the, the that was like this, this wasn't even with Vomit Fourth. This was this is like four years ago, maybe at this point. Okay, what with what band? I was playing in a band at the time called uh, Detriment, and then before actually after that, I was filling in for Sworn Enemy. Okay, so you filled in for Sworn Enemy and Detriment, two hardcore bands uh, local to the area that people might be familiar with then, too. Yeah. Okay, cool, man. All right, so so you, you kind of know how to road dog it out, man, but uh, six weeks is a long time to be out there. The other guys in the band, have they been on the road that long? Um, Kane, same as me, I think the longest he ever did was, was kind of around a month. And uh, Ricky and Tyler, the longest they ever did was the last run we did, which was four days. <laughs> okay, nice. sick. So, uh, man, it, it, it's just funny because like, there's no like, like you know, like there's no pre tour. It's not like we're doing like a quick little weekend, you know, before that. Like yeah. our last run was a year and a half ago, and it was four days, and now we're just jumping straight into six and a half weeks. Yeah, dude. But you got get it, man. You got to get. You got to make up for lost time, just like the other. Bands. Absolutely, man. Where's the, where's this tour starting? Uh, I think now it's starting in somewhere in Kentucky. Okay. Oh man. So you and guys I think we're just going everywhere from there and then ending at in, in Pittsburgh. Are you guys working on getting a few dates uh pre tour to get down to Kentucky? Uh no. I huh. think we're just gonna drive straight there. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. We've we've uh We've we've uh, we've driven to Kentucky overnight, man, with artificial brain once, I believe, man. It was you know it was it, it was crazy, but you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's, I mean, we uh, our first like weekend ever, like the first show was out in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And we had no shows leading out to there, so we just kind of just fuck it, drove straight through to oh. straight through to Chicago. What was that fifteen hours? So like, we we broke it. I, I I shouldn't say drove straight through. We like. We drove straight to Indiana, got a hotel, and then finished it the next morning. But yeah, it was around it was around fifteen hours, eighteen okay. minutes maybe. Okay, man. You say Indiana, man. You remind me of something I wanted to tell you, and I'll plug for the listeners quickly. We did. We recently had um, uh, Dave Greger from Mortiscold on the show from Wisconsin. Oh, and great, uh, yeah, what what I'm getting at it too is that I'm I'm doing a little bonus episode for the Patreon where I talk about Wisconsin and Indiana death metal bands from the early '90s that kind of had this really slow, doomy, but also brutal thing going on that is also kind of a little bit more of an atmospheric take on that classic New York's like stomp slam sound. Yeah. So, so yeah, one of the bands I always loved from out there was a uh, was it Sarcophagy. Uh, is, uh, that, I'm not familiar with them so much. I think th- I think I think a few of those guys played in like Gorgasm later on. Okay, I'm. I see. I'm thinking of like like the bands I'll be talking of is more like Viogression, uh, Afterlife. Okay, um, some stuff like that, man. But yeah, but it's all good, man. It just just a Viogression quick... was like thrashier, right? Yeah, they were a little thrashier. But when you listen to their full length album, especially their second one, which unfortunately had some weird mixing issues, uh, it got it got very drawn out and and slow and atmospheric at times and, and crunchy, man. But 
Um, just something to just something to check out, man. Just while we're on the topic of that kind of um, uh, uh, old school brutal death metal that isn't necessarily uh, you know suffocation um, uh, yeah. copy, you know. Um, something to talk about, but uh, so yeah, so that that tour is coming up, man. People got to look out for that. They can follow you guys and all the other bands on social media as we do nowadays. But that tour is kind of a big deal, man. We wish you guys the best of luck on that. I appreciate that. Um, I'm 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 hyped. I just want to go. If I could leave tomorrow, <laughs> I would leave tomorrow. Hell yeah, man! And while we're on the topic of the show, something you said before. Not I'm not pointing out Kane, your vocalist, man. He's a good guy. But you said before about how the drummer always gets stuck breaking down the drums where everyone else is getting a beer after the set. My, <laughs> my go-to move is the singer because I'm self-conscious about being called out for being the lazy singer who doesn't carry gear. When you when you're done with the set. Turn around and start taking the cymbals off off of the uh, uh, the the racks or the, or the the stands or whatever, and man, just pile them up neatly, man, and just try to stay out of the drummer's way. Cause that way you can is that fair? Cause that way you can help out, but you're not in anyone's way, right? Oh, hundred percent. Actually, uh, we usually just travel just the four of us, so Kane usually uh, runs out and does merch real quick. That yeah, there but, you go. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Ricky Ricky plays drums, so you know they all they all help me. They don't they don't leave me stranded up there. Most of the time, no, yeah, not implying they do, man. But as well as a singer, dude, I've, I, you know, I've, I've grown. Like when I was younger, there were definitely times where, where I was just young and stupid. Maybe I wanted to get to the weed or the beer, allegedly, and it didn't even <laughs> strike me when I was in my twenties in Biolich, maybe or Buckshot facelift to help with any of the gear or to go to the merch table, man. Sometimes you get stupid, man. So just any of the aspiring death metal and grindcore singers out there, man, always remember that the other guys got that gear. Uh, and in the days of COVID, you might want to bring your own microphone anyway and get your own gear. Yeah, you know? and the beer tastes better yeah. after you know the job is done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that's that's the public service announcement, man. But, yeah, but again, not, not, nothing to do with you guys, man. It's all good. Just just off of, off of what you said. So you got the upcoming tour with Sanguisugabog, Frozen Soul, and Inoculation coming up. Uh, before that, you got August 15th. This coming Sunday at Amityville Music Hall with a lot of great local bands. People want the merch, they got to check out BrassCityMerch.com, or they can look at the Vomit Forth Big Cartel, um, but that you don't keep stuff in stock uh, uh, very long. No, I just kind of, whatever's up there is up there. Yeah, exactly. Most of, the time it's, most of the time it's left over from whenever we got a show or, you know, throughout the, the, the COVID, uh, yeah. th- throughout the pandemic, it was just, you know, trying to keep it stocked, but... Of course. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. It's a good thing when people are buying your stuff and showing support, man. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, I can't believe that. I get you know, I I do all the orders myself, so like it, it it's just crazy to me that like thirty, let alone however other you know orders past that we get, and it's always the same guys too. Like I, I it's it like I always see the same names from the very start of the band too. So that's all that that blows my mind too. Yeah, that's something. You, uh, um, once you're in a band for a while, you start to see certain people always show support, man. That's always uh, encouraging, hundred percent, man. You know, you know, you really, you somebody really gets what you're what you're what you're about, man. Hundred um, percent. So, so, uh, so I think we plugged everything. Um, we're gonna give you another opportunity to, to plug anything else you got, man. But as we as we always do, we ask you to wind down the interview by asking you to suggest. Uh, for the listeners, re- recommend for us and the listeners one older album and one newer album by any artist you like. Doesn't have to be metal; can be metal. Um, with you, uh, I-, I might be hip hop. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, just an older and a newer suggestion. All right. So, um, 
I mean, I already suggested Tyrant Trooper earlier, so I'll, I'll, I'll suggest like a weird one. It's a, it's a newer, it's a new release of old music. But um, this, this, uh, it's, it's more on the hardcore side. This band, End of One, from Poughkeepsie. Uh, if you like shit like All Out War and you know that style of metallic hardcore, like End of One is is the same vein. Uh, super, super death metal influenced. Uh, just absolutely ignorant. Huh. It, 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 it's it's just every every box is ticked. Every box is ticked. Um, it's it's raw. So for whoever likes just shitty sounding music, like you'll love this. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's. Uh, I, I think members of this band went on to play in All Out War, so it, it, it's very reminiscent of that style. I don't know if you can still get the CD anymore. It, it came out through Streets of Hate, but um, yeah, End of One. The record's called uh, Original Sins. The complete discography. You can find it on all streaming services right now, but it's just. It's just grimy, death metal-influenced hardcore. Um, just stupid fucking riffs. <laughs> just every riff is just dumb. Fantastic. It's, uh, if, 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 if I was to coin a term for it, it's, it's Tommy Hilfiger death metal. Wow. That's strong. It's <laughs> very wow. strong. I know exactly what you mean now. You know what's funny? Four, four X, four X, Tommy Hilfiger polos with the Nautica sweatbands. That's that's wow. what this this shit sounds like. I, now I feel like I gotta go home, Tom. This guy's in my closet. This guy, this guy's <laughs> going through my wardrobe. Yeah, watch out. Yeah. No, you, when you said Tommy, you, you made you made me think of Fury, Fury of Five. Is what really popped uh, into my head. You, when know, you said that. It's so fucked up. You just said that because I literally have that war with the world in my car right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to explain to somebody what Fury of Five was the other day, oh, and yeah. I realized you can't really do that in a few sentences. Like you got to just show them a couple of like you got to go through the like a few YouTube videos about Stickman and like you, it's a whole thing. The, how about the how about the Stickman uh, diss track on Rick to Life? The whole then the oh music video, man. Yeah, and that's it. That's like modern era. That's post. <laughs> that's post like Fury of Five's peak. Like that's it's oh, just encouraging all the listeners right now to get into the Fury of Five. Um, start uh, with that word with the world. Like that that record yeah. is just, no no reason to smile. Actually, start with no reason to smile. That record, no oh, reason to smile. Every God. man for himself is is that that's the shit. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk ignorant, man? All right. So what's, uh, what, what's another recommendation? You got something uh, uh, a little bit more new school for us, man? Um, I got some shit you would actually probably fuck with. Uh, this band called Deliquest from Australia. Deliquest. Why do I know that? Why do I know that? I feel like it's, someone uh, may have brought that in. I think it's one recently. of the one of the cast from like Disentomb play guitar in there. Yeah, I I feel like we've talked about that. I think one of us brought in on recommendation a while ago, man. But okay, go on, man. Go on, because I yeah, obviously it's just, don't remember. Uh, they're just straight up derived from that more tech New York side. Like it's it's like like to me when I listen to it, I get I get a very like very much like the Pyrexia feel from it, but just slight more technicality to it. Like it's it's like it, it's it's written by dudes that can like a hundred percent play their their instruments really well. Not saying that there's other bands who like these guys just nail it. Like it, 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 it I've been listening to it more than any other record that's come out. A hundred percent. Wait, what's the name of the band? I'm sorry. Uh, the name of the record is uh, Engineer Engineering Frailty. Okay, uh, I Dele got Quest. it. All right. So yeah. yeah, the bass player of Distant Tomb. 
Yeah, I got that. I brought that in a while ago, man. And I believe uh, one of those guys um, is involved with Odious and Bowel. And we've kind of yes. been in- involuntary convulsion. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- shout to those guys, man, because uh, I, b- I believe um, uh, w- one of them is a listener of the show. It's been a while. I apologize. Uh, but um, yeah, one of them the was vocals, in touch too. with the us. The vocals give it a cool, uh, yeah. a cool feel, too, because it's not death metal vocals at all. It's, it's definitely way more on the hardcore side. So you get this like just intense. You know, it, it, it's just this crazy mix. It it just sound it, it it's sick. Shout out to James, my man sings in that band. But he it, it's sick. It's sick. I love it. Yeah, awesome man. I got to revisit that man because I remember a while ago somebody submitted it to the podcast and I was I was talking to somebody in the messages. We got a shout to everybody contacting us behind the scenes. Um, on the social media and the email for Heavy Hole Podcast, man. I can't always get in, get in touch with everybody. I'll uh, get back to everybody as quick as I can. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, uh, there, man. But, um, yeah, that was one that I, I remember. I got one more me. recommendation, too, more on the hip-hop side for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you ever hear Rock Marciano? That's another one. Um, uh, what's uh, Max from uh, Faceless Burial was uh, recommending that to me, I believe. Rock Marciano Reloaded. That's That's the record, 100%. Okay, man. I will check. That's that like out. the modern day. Uh, it, it came out in like 2012, but that's like the modern day, like only built for Cuban links. Like huh. everything, like in that vein, kind of you know, everything that's come out in that lane post that record is just trying to sound like that record. Wow. Okay. I'll it's, check. Kind of, it's kind of the trend-setting moment for for like underground hip hop right now. I'll put that and Benny the Butcher on my list then. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And uh, let me add one more thing, too, because you were talking about Wisconsin death metal before. Do you know anything about uh, Shredded Corpse? Shredded Corpse. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time, man. I, You know, nothing really comes to mind. I just remember seeing the name around years ago. I might have them on a compilation, but I'd, I'd have to check. It was, it, was a, it was a Wild Rags band. I just remember yeah. you said Wisconsin death metal. I didn't remember if they were from Wisconsin or not, but they have a weird, like, lineage in terms of, like, who the people in that band went on to play for and shit? Uh, uh, I'm listening. Go on. It was like uh, I think their drummer, after Shreddy Corpse went on to play in uh, Living Sacrifice, huh? Which was like which was like a it, they started off as like a Christian thrash band, but kind of turned into like a metalcore band yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah. But then, uh, like when I found out about this band Shreddy Corpse, like I was just trying to like see what was good with them. But like the craziest shit I found out about them is that same dude that went on. Playing Living Sacrifice went on to play drums in like Evanescence or some shit. Get him on the phone, Tom. Amazing. Yeah, get no. him on the phone. <laughs> I, w- I want to talk to this guy. Very close with Amy Lee. Wow. That, like that, that was crazy. Like I, like I said, I was just like, a friend of mine put me onto that record. I found it online and I was just doing what I always do, you know, going through the line of notes, kind of seeing, you know, if these guys played in anyone else. And uh, that, I ended up at Evanescence somehow. Wow, Shredded Corpse. Band. To living sacrifice to Evanes. That's like that's a very that's like a king's trajectory. My man knows how to get the bag. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's he ascended. He he ascended. He, ascended. <laughs> like, he made it. Yeah, he I made like it all that. the way into someone's arms. His he he definitely Some, uh, from wild rags to universal. Yeah, that, that's wow. You really that encapsulates it all right there. I mean, really, from wild rags to universal. How many other people can say that? You know. I don't think anybody can. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, uh, Nick um, Nick Herman from Vomit Forth, 
Uh, we appreciate you, brother. And I'm going to give the opportunity now um, to promote, plug, or discuss anything that we didn't uh, get to yet. I, I appreciate coming on here. This is uh, this is the most legitimate podcast to be talking about underground music with because it's got people behind it that actually know what the fuck they're talking about. Huh. They're not just asking bullshit questions about, you know, how is the record made? Like, you guys actually go into the fucking music, so that's dope. Thank um, you. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I don't really got. I don't really got much else to say. BreastCityMerch.com, 100%. Shout out Streets of Hate. Shout out East Coast Collective. Shout out Stefan in Connecticut for booking shows. Uh, shout out Scott from Maggot Stomp. Shout out the Heavy Hole. Hell yeah, man. Well, we appreciate <laughs> you coming on the show, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. I appreciate man. you guys having me. Yeah, Nick uh, Nick Herman, drummer of Vomit Forth. We appreciate your time. Like we said, August 15th, this coming Sunday, Amityville Music Hall. Um, merch, BrassCityMerch.com. And um, you're going to see all, unless you're living under a rock somewhere, uh, or you're like the original guitarist from Sleep and you joined a monastery. Um, you're, you're, <laughs> that's a deep cut for you. Uh, that's the only way you're not going to find out about this upcoming U.S. tour for six fucking weeks on the road. You guys are going to smell like salami uh, by the time you get back with Sanguisugabog and Frozen Soul and Inoculation. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oof, man. You got to get some of that polo cologne, man. <laughs> polo blue, polo black, polo sport, which one? Yeah, ask the guys in your band out of courtesy which one, man. They're the ones that got to live with it. <laughs> All right, Nick. Uh, we appreciate you, brother, man, and we'll be in touch as the episode goes up. We're going to have it up in time for that Amityville Music Hall show, and, uh, and we'll see you there, man. But, uh, I appreciate it, for real. Okay, big shout to uh, Nick Herman, drummer of Vomit Forth. We appreciate uh, your time tonight sharing us the story of that band and some of the upcoming news, man. We wish you the best in these upcoming shows on that album. We're going to keep our ears out for it, and we recommend it to our listeners. Um, something else I'm going to keep my ears out for is those voicemails. They've been uh, coming in hot. Yeah, we got some to play tonight. You know, Justin's fucking up. Yeah, uh, Justin, I don't know what kind of weird fishing... Uh, significant other having uh, nice little getting out of town for the weekend thing is going on, but you're missing out on some uh, very loquacious listeners. You can look that up in the dictionary. Hey, this is Roman Cheech calling from Missoula, Montana. Uh, I wanted to recommend a band based on a discussion you guys were having about American Native American themed bands a few episodes ago. Might have been a bonus episode, actually. But uh, the band's Migos, M-I-apostrophe-G-A-U-S-S. They're from Pennsylvania. They released one album in 2003 called Open Season. And um, they sing about the Algonquin tribes, which I think were a bunch of different tribes all, all throughout North America. Uh, I don't think they exist anymore. I think we fucked fuck them up pretty good. But uh, they're basically an Argo Slant knockoff which is fine by me. 
with some like bolter vibes and a little bit of their own thing. But um, the band's fucking amazing. As far as Native American themed bands, they're up there for me and very unknown. I don't hear many people talking about them. Not like that Pan American Front, a little overhyped band there. I don't see the appeal. But uh, yeah, Migos, M I apostrophe G A U S S. It was reissued in 2018 as a double LP, and I think it's still available even though it's limited to 200 and uh yeah i think that's all i got check them out tell your death metal later M-I-G. okay man appreciate the call and that yeah m-i apostrophe g-a-u-s-s i'm looking it up and this actually did kind of blur, uh, bleep on my radar once before when i was looking up something else because it's got an interesting connection to rotravore um, a cult classic death metal band uh, people might be more familiar with. Barry Mull, uh, lead guitarist and vocalist of this band, uh, Migos, uh, an ex-member of Rotravore, um, and uh, their former drummer uh, from back in the day, also an ex-Rotravore member. So that's interesting. Okay, man. A Native American-themed death metal band from Pennsylvania, Migos. Appreciate the recommendation. Tony Baldone, how you doing, guys? You know, right. I always hear you guys talking about uh, you got a problem, you got some kind of issue, you got a call. You got to give you guys a call and say, I got a fucking problem, all right? And you know what? I woke up this morning, I'm overlooking my beautiful 53-acre property in the Poconos. And I say to myself, I got a problem. I'm not happy. And I got to call the heavy hole. So what I did <laughs> is what I'm doing now. Now, let me tell you something. What is the deal with things not developing the way you want to? See, here's my point. Two amps. Two amps. I don't understand why people don't don't understand. <laughs> Tube amps is everything. You guys had somebody on. I'm not going to name names. And I'm sure the guy's a wonderful guy. I listened to the whole episode like I do of all the episodes. He said something to the effect of like 15% of the audience won't know. What are you talking about over here? Listen. Ufa. Okay. My great grandmother would grab my cheek. She was in a wheelchair. I met her when she was ninety-two. She died when she was like ninety-five. She would grab my cheek, a young supple boy, and say, Ufa, how dare you not produce a beautiful vintage tube amp that you take pristine care of because that is going to be the best sound that you're going to exhibit upon your craft now why would you not take that serious Tony Baldoni is over here 
in his beautiful 1984 ski jacket. And I'm contemplating things that should upset more than most. And it upsets me that I'm the only one calling about this. All right, so before I rant too long, I'm going to wrap it up and just say this. The heavy hole is my brethren. I'll see you guys. Thank you, Mr. Baldoni. Thank you. Somebody had to say it, and I'm glad it was Tony Baldoni. Uh, yeah, I mean... The two bamps, uh, don't be disrespectful to the two bamp. Hey, look, don't, I, I, I know I, who he's talking about. Don't I know. be disrespectful to Tony Baldone's family at all. No. That's... A, I, I can't help you with that. No, no. Um, yeah. I know who he's talking about. I appreciate the man's perspective, mm. but I think Pel- Tony Baldone has got a uh, one-up here. There's only one, uh, one perspective to appreciate, and that's not being uh, bound in the back of a 1988 Oldsmobile Cutlass Calais. I'm just glad I don't work for any one of these people. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm on the outside. I, I did have a job one summer selling the ski wear at a discount. He, yeah? I, yeah, he, he wouldn't let me work in the shop. I had I, he, sent, he sent me to Yonkers with a van full of ski jackets. I, I, I was, we were selling them out of the... We would go to all the, the Marshalls parking lots and try to undercut people. You know, it was weird. It's hard to undercut Marshalls. It was also allegedly... Yeah. yeah, but shout out to Ralph Hornet Hotel Records. He bought uh, some of the bright pastel um, ski wear from me. Uh, you know, hooked me up a little. You know, he knew I wasn't going to be. In, he didn't want me to get in trouble with Baldone. Of course, you know, Ra- yeah. Ralph from Hornet Hotel goes very deep with the Baldone family. I think you can actually find Ralph uh, Hornet Hotel Records distributing some of the fine ski apparel. Uh, in all sorts of pastel colors, if you go on that Haunted Hotel Records re- uh, website, Haunted Hotel Records slash Ski Shop Emporium. Yeah. Tony Baldoni's uh, got his fingers uh, in everybody, uh, everybody's business. He's, he's got his fingers in everybody. That's Whoa, fine. yeah. But listen, Good respect times. the two bamps there, guy, uh, or Tony, or, or or Grandma Baldone's gonna pinch your cheeks. Uh, God bless that woman. Listen, uh, God bless Nick Herman, drummer of Vomit Forth, our special guest this evening. Um, yeah, just in case uh, his and my accents weren't enough, Tony Baldone had to leave a message too. Yeah, right? <laughs> that was crazy night. Uh, no, we appreciate it, man. Uh, shout out to Roman Cheech hitting us up with the, uh, the little recommendation there, too, for the Native American death metal. Appreciate that. Um, who knew we were going to bring up Rotrevor tonight? That's wild. Um, uh, so much old school stuff you can go back and check out. We hope you check out all the music that we discussed, the Northeastern death metal, the OG stuff, uh, the hip-hop that he recommended, man. He got very hip-hop tonight, too, man. I he, love that. A lot of the cuts that he said were things that I don't even know. Uh, you um, should, honestly, you know, as a sound engineer, um, audio uh, uh, playboy yourself, uh, you might want to check out some generous. of those hip-hop albums. So seriously, some of those uh, like vintage '90s hip hop albums that he's talking about, uh, you really appreciate production. You could get something out of those. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like um, I respect the word of a mu- musician. I know a lot of albums from that time period, but I'm 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 scratching my head, going, well, "How did I miss all of this?" So I'm going back in. I'll be uh, be checking all those wrecks out. Absolutely. And one musician whose word I have zero respect for. Shout to Justin. Oh wow. Ha! Yeah. Taking the cheap shots while he's out he's of actually, town. He's actually at a riff camp right now. Yeah, <laughs> riff camp. He, he's, yeah, he's, he's teaching. He's the counselor. He's like the cool counselor that right. like, 
doesn't bust you for smoking weed and not working on your riffs. Right, but he's constantly getting berated yeah. by someone with slightly better riffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Dave, only slightly. Dave Greger from Mortiscold is there just like fucking beating him around, just like, oh, write them riffs, he's giving him that marine training for the riffs <laughs> uh, that he learned in the conservatory. Listen, uh, you can go back and peep that episode too. No, all kidding aside, we love Justin. We love his riffs. I respect that man's word on music. Uh, which is why when we get him back on the heavy hole, we're going to have to do a couple of rounds of recommendos for you guys. Um, but until then, you can go on Patreon uh, for the heavy hole podcast.com. We got uh, some bonus episodes. We just got a new one. We, yeah. It was kind of cute. We did a little crossover with we, Mortem. We do owe a few podcast. on the Patreon. We're a little backlogged. Life's been crazy, but we, we're good for them. They're, they are coming. Yeah. We've scheduled stuff in. Yeah. You ever have friends and they get married and they're not sick? No, I'm just slow so down. rude. So slow rude, down. Will. Slow down. Unbelievable. It's a joke. All right. Shout, shout to both you and Justin's beautiful fiance. My future's so bright. I wish you guys the best going forward in the future. Listen. Uh, but yeah, shout out to the Patreon people. We owe you a couple episodes. We're going to get back in the bag over there, man. We appreciate the support. We love you. Uh, I actually, I, when we get off the air here, Tom, I got a few things I want to I'll run by you. Sure. Um, talking business all day, heavyholepodcast.com is where you could go. Uh, if you want to check out these Patreon things that we're doing, these extra episodes that you got. Uh, if you want to go on all the social medias, we got them for you. Although the Facebook, we got zucked on Facebook. I haven't even been updating it anymore. Twitter is also uh, yeah. considerate zucked, I guess. This, I, is, this is just one of those terms. Our Instagram is popping right now. Just go to Instagram. Yeah, our Instagram is popping. I will, I'm going to make, our Facebook was popping for a while, man. I loved our Facebook people. I'm going to try to get back. I'm going to try to get back. You got to post less gorgasm album covers. I don't talk about politics or vaccines or nothing like That's that. That's the I, problem. Maybe I maybe I shared uh, a, a, the classic um, classic old German death metal band Incubator one time, and they got cross. You know, cross, I don't know. But listen, could happen. I, I, oh god! Listen, heavyholepodcast.com. Also, we got that voicemail number. Tom, you got that number handy, tough guy? Yes, six three one eight three seven three two seven four. Check it out. Give us a call. Um, just throwing it out there. We had a couple calls come in, and we couldn't play the voicemail because mm. they were way too choppy. Mm. Very upsetting. Uh, one was from around the world. Panacords. I think that was you. Mm. Very, very uh, like, upsetting. I want to hear your words. I don't want to. Uh, Hear like, what could have been your words. It's like it's like buying classic Finnish obscure death metal band Scum's album Mother Nature on the original Black Mark issued cassette tape from a guy in Spain, and you get it, and it sounds a little scratchy. It's it sounds like just like heaven. Yeah, the I know that's like, what? all of us. Yeah. Listen, uh, but yeah, you go to the heavyoldpodcast.com. You want all the connections there. We'll hook you up. The phone number's there. Uh, the social media is there. Uh, you can check out all of our back episodes on all the usual platforms, man. Thanks to Nick Herman and Vomit Forth. We wish you the best going forth on your tour, buddy. Um, as for the podcast, next week, I think, well, actually, no, Justin's going to be away. So next week, how many how many podcast hosts are we going to be downstairs? One. 